Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Fortress Edgebaston has been breached by the Australians. Cut away! Cut away for four! What an innings! What a player! Oh my word, what a delivery that is! This is Pat Cummins, this is Australia. Absolutely at their best. Oh, big shot, big shot. What's he doing? Goal! Marvellous scenes. Australia retain the ashes. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Unplayable Podcast. This is part four in our Ashes Revisited series and today we go through the final epic day of the third test at Headingley uh, with Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon. Guys, uh, thanks for coming on in what will be... uh, a trip down memory lane, maybe one that you don't really want to walk down, but thanks for being good sports and coming on and talking about it. Pleasure, mate. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. It's great. All right, let's, let's set the scene. <laughs> After three days of absorbing cricket, England were three for 153, needing 203 runs to level the series while Australia just needed those seven wickets to retain the ashes. Joe Root was 75, not out, and within Ben Stokes on two. Josh Hazelwood had two wickets. Uh, Pat Cummins won, and Australia had one review left up their sleeve. Guys, how did you how did you sleep that night, knowing the task that was at hand on day four? Um, yeah, I, I slept okay. I think uh, from memory, I, I, I woke up realizing how big bigger the day I was, um, and there was a little bit of pressure, but I was pretty confident. Yeah, I think waking up on day four, we knew that it was going to be the last day of the Test match, and anytime you wake up knowing a Test match is going to be finished is always a pretty exciting feeling. Um, but, yeah, seven wickets, we, we knew they weren't just going to fall over because, yeah, the wicket wasn't playing too many tricks and, and we had a couple of guys in there batting quite well. Well, it was pretty much a dream start for you guys. Uh, Nathan, you're removing Joe Root, 5.3 overs into the day's play. What's that come off? What a brilliant catch. He wouldn't have known where that's gone. Inside edge onto pad, past pain. And it's that man, David Warner. Warner took that brilliant catch and caught well pretty much all game. How did you guys feel? Did you think that getting Joe Root so early brought the momentum straight back to you guys? Um, obviously, Joe's a big, big game player. Um, so yeah, I was pretty happy to remove uh, Joe nice and early and hopefully uh, help out the big fast bowlers because obviously we know that he can bat long periods of time. And so, yeah, obviously, and Davey, um, he played catch and was um, unbelievable and caught and took a couple of brilliant catches that game. So, yeah, felt felt nice to contribute early. And just on that dismissal, it was an awkward one because it's inside edge that goes over Payne and then Warner dives behind Payne to take the catch. Did you know that he'd hit it straight away or were you going up for LBW? No, I knew he hit it, but um, I wasn't sure if David saw it or was able to reach it. So, uh, yeah, a bit of, bit of luck on that one, but, uh, yeah. Lucky he held on to it. That wicket gives Nathan Lyon the record to break Dennis Lilly. 
moves on to 356 test wickets. So it's a nick onto the pad, went over the keeper's head. Great awareness from David Warner to dive, and that's a super catch. Uh, when you guys took the new ball in the morning session, it was the first time in the series at that point that it didn't take any wickets. Normally a new Duke's ball brings about a couple of poles. Um, what were you feeling then when 10, 15 overs go without that new ball taking a wicket? It was like, ooh... Yeah, then. yeah if new ball is always a big time, especially on a you know a slowing wicket. Um, yeah, I remember just probably again if we had our time again, maybe we put too much pressure on ourselves um, on those ten or fifteen overs. Um, try to take a wicket every ball, um, or, or probably over attacked rather, because we knew once the ball got a little bit softer, um, it was going to be hard hard work. Um, so. Yeah, it was. I remember finishing those spells and go. Oh, you know what? We we probably didn't bowl as well as we could have in the past half an hour or so. Um, but that happens. Can't bowl well every time. Oh, now that's wide a final leg, and it's gone all the way for six. The runs are flowing, and the noise from this Headingley crowd this morning has been incredible. Ben Stakes, he swivels on a, a short ball from you goes into the crowd for six could you feel a different energy in the crowd that day knowing that there was going to be a result and that Ben Stokes was there and things were going on its way I think it ebbed and flowed a little bit it probably wasn't I don't think the crowd got too involved until Leach walked in and then Stokes started going berserk that was probably the first stage where for the last three or four days I had something to cheer about um, but <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's probably more watching back actually. At the time, I remember bits when, when I was getting closer to the end of the crowd when I was fielding on the fence, but I'm pretty, uh, I'm in my own bubble a little bit sometimes on the field, don't really notice what's going on. Yeah, to be honest, I was, I was fielding on the boundary every second over at, at the back end and I didn't really, it, it's a, just a constant noise and then you hear, hear one of them abuse you. Um, but apart from that, as Pat said, you get in, in, in your own little bubble, especially as a bowler, and you, you're just really concentrating on what you need to do to execute what ball you want to bowl. So, um, yeah, the, ben, ben can probably sit here and say that the crowd had a big role in it, but the crowd was meant to have a big role at Edge Baston as well, and that didn't really go out that the way that they wanted as well. So it, it's amazing playing in front of the crowds and, and stuff, but I think... At that level, I think the players go in their own bubble and, and really concentrating on what they need to do and how they need to, to perform. So after that great start, getting Joe Root early, Stokes and Johnny Bairstow, they combined for 86 runs through the morning session and then past lunch. What was said at lunch? Can you remember what the message from the coaching staff was and maybe Payne as captain? Oh, I think the, the roast beef was a bit overdone. <laughs> um, <laughs> normally lunch breaks, you know, you get into your own little bubble, everyone needs half an hour to themselves get some food relax switch off for a bit and it would have just been a time to regroup and yeah probably acknowledge that we didn't bowl that well for that little patch before lunch with the new ball but go back to what we've been doing the whole series really well which was bowling in, in good partnerships bowling tightly and, and building the pressure that way and I guess you guys have been a, a bowling group for a fair while now do you guys know when you haven't bowled as well as you could have you know when you've have bowl well and you know what you need to say to and what to do to, to correct that yeah we've played enough with each other and we we know what works well and what doesn't work well and we don't really need to, to sit down and watch a tv screen or, or hear other people pointed out 
we know when we haven't bowled our best and that's where we're able to have those conversations and, and hopefully make a difference in in it. But I, rem- I remember Smithy walking around that lunch lunch time on day four in the change room just going, there's no stress, you just need to put it there and you'll nick it, just put it there and you'll nick it type thing. So the way Smithy talks and challenge the defence and just hang it there and bowl the corridor to Stokes, uh, to um, Bearstone and he'll nick it. So... Um, he, he was pretty confident walking around the change room, um, but yeah, it was one of those things where it was quite exciting as well. Like there was a few nerves floating around, but you're on on the verge of a really good test match, and there was going going to be be a result. And in my head, I was like, okay, what can I do to put my hand up to to play my role so Australia win this game? Um, I didn't think dropping the run out would help, but anyway. No spoilers. You're jumping too far ahead. Anyway, after lunch, things start happening. Instantly. Best, I was given out caught behind to Hazelwood, but immediately reviewed it and had the decision overturned by the third umpire. Then Stokes on 33 was dropped by Warner at first slip in similar manner to a catch that he missed at Lords. Oh no! Did it carry? It's Warner, who was caught brilliantly in the game, but didn't look a natural slip to Lyon at Lords when he was in there. He put a couple down. Did it cross your mind at that point? Things were starting to go England's way that it might be their day. You don't remember getting dropped, do you? No, no. not at all. <laughs> do you remember, Nathan? 100% I remember. <laughs> um, yes. Because it happened similarly in, in Lords, Lords, but it went well, either yeah. side, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, yes, I do remember having Stokesy dropped on 35, but that was. It's one of those ones I'm, I'm not going to sit here and ever blame someone for dropping dropping a catch or, or making an error because we are human at the end of the day. But that that was one one big moment for me that was like, right, we're going to have to start again here. It's taken a while to get that chance, but we have to start again and, and get that confidence back up and that belief that you're able to, able, able to do it again. But not many people realise that he got dropped in 35. He had a few chances that day. Uh, ben Stakes, but Australia had their breakthrough when Johnny Bairstow was caught by Marnus off Hazelwood for 36, the score at that point, four for 245. Gone now. This combination has worked. Lyon and Hazelwood. Hazelwood has got his man. Could you sense another shift in momentum? They'd been batting so well. Now you've got the breakthrough. Can you sense it just changing straight away? Yeah, just opening up that one end and... Um, as long as you open that one end, um, you yeah, know, that was our way, even if Stokes batted really well. So I remember that. I was a bit nervous until till Bairstow got out because he, he'd played pretty well, hadn't got too many mistakes, uh, hadn't, hadn't played and missed it too many. So that was, that was a good feeling. Bairstow's wicket triggered a collapse. Next to go was uh, Butler. Run out, Trav. Run out by Travis Head, yeah. Uh, mix up between Stokes and Butler. Saw Butler get run out from a direct hit. Nathan Lyon, you were right over the stumps then. When the ball went to Travis, what were you thinking would happen? Hit the stumps. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hurry up and I, hit the stumps. <laughs> I know you were saying that's what we wanted, but what did you think would happen? Are you back Travis in to hit the stumps from there? Um, yeah, well, I knew he was going at the stumps. He knew he wasn't going to throw it to me over the top. Um, but, yeah, it was just one of those ones where Travis picked up cleanly and, and had a pre- I had a pretty good view of it. Um, obviously knew I was out straight away, so... Um, yeah, it was quite nice. It was good, good little feeling there, and got the energy up with within the boys. And Oi! come on, 
trouble. Yeah. Oh, gone. Brilliant from Travis Head at mid-wicket. There was a mix-up between Stokes and Butler, and Butler's failed to make his ground. You can see what it means to Australia. Yeah, I actually thought uh, at that point, that's when, because Travis Head, we'll get to it in a sec, but it takes a good catch on the boundary, that when Travis Head's doing these feats in the field, that if all these, the stars are aligning, if this is happening, then maybe, <laughs> maybe Australia pull this off. But Stokes gets to 51 from 152 balls, slowest half centre of his career, but the wickets keep falling, then Wokes picks out Matty Wade at wide bit off. Uh, a few catches were taken in that area in that test match, you know, short in close to the wicket on the offside. Was that a plan? I remember it was a plan to, to um, uh, Butler when he walked in in the first innings and yeah. it came off straight away. So I think we stuck with it for a, a lot of the game. But yeah, it was one of those wickets, really slow wicket. Most of the time you've got catches behind the wicket in England. And yeah, that particular time the ball was, was soft, um, wasn't a lot of sideways movement, so you, you're trying to get your catches in front of the wicket. So we had plenty of catches in close, trying to get them to play some, some big shots. Gone. He did straight to that mad wide mid-off. Well, it was softened up with a short stuff. It was short, 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 and then the full one, and Wokes hits it straight to mid-off. Wickets continue to fall. Archer, having recovered from his cramps, is next in and starts going the slog. He gets a few away before Head takes that great catch in the boundary, tiptoeing in the rope and juggling it and getting back in. Paddy, you almost collided with him. You nearly took him out. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he tossed it back up, didn't he? And yeah. I thought he tossed it to me and then he, yeah, snatched it out of my hands. Catch! Top edge. Man there. Western Terrace behind him. Oh, I think he's done okay. I think he's done okay there. Missed out on a catch there. <laughs> Could have been mine. <laughs> Yeah, the stat sheet, you can't split the catches that go straight to him. Uh, Nathan, when a tail ender does start going after you like that, trying to clear the, the rope, what do you do? What's your plan to, to a batter or a tail ender like that? Uh, yeah, obviously it's pretty exciting. Um, you know, you're it's exciting. For, yeah, you're in with, for a challenge, but you, you also know you're in with a pretty good chance of, of getting him out. Um, obviously, yeah, with the typical tail ender, you try and go a little bit higher and a little bit slower and just drag it out so they have to drag it around and hopefully miss hit it. Um, I thought he got pretty lucky on a couple of them um, to just clear, clear the fence, but he come out and, and played played his way and which actually tried to turn around the momentum to England. And um, so, yeah, that's probably another big innings for, for England in that in that game. Yeah, eight down becomes nine when Pattinson traps Broad with a Yorker and not even a review can save him. If it's the boot, it's out. If it's the boot, it's out. One wicket left, England lead 73. Now, at that point, were you, like, were you thinking that's it? We're, you know, we're almost there. Ashes are almost retained. Were you thinking about what that feeling is going to be like? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Leach hadn't really batted a lot that series yet, had he? Um, so I, I felt pretty confident until he probably faced a few balls and he, he looked like he could actually hold the stick and knew that he was just going to block. But yeah, 70, 70 odd runs was a long way from home. With one wicket again, yeah. Leach did get that 90 odd against Ireland as a night watchman, but he didn't show much promise in the first inning. So I can understand where you're coming from. Um, so Leach at the other end, Ben Stokes. The blocking is now out the window. He just goes the full-on slog. 
Hits two straight sixes down the ground and plays this reverse sweep, switch it. Oh, what a shot that is. That is an unbelievable shot from Ben Stokes. A reverse hit, a switch hit into the stands. England need 50 to win. Wait, can you remember that shot? Is, is that one of the best shots ever played against you? Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's obviously an unbelievable shot. And of course I remember I get tagged in it every day on Instagram. So um, <laughs> it's one of those ones. Yeah, and hats off, hats off to him. It, it's, a, it's a pretty big big shot to do it out of the rough. I actually thought it landed in the rough, but it landed in the middle of the wicket, which makes the shot a little bit less amazing in my eyes. I thought it was out of the rough and I thought, geez, that's a pretty good shot there and then. But, um, yeah, obviously he took took the game on and uh, rode his luck, which is what you'd, sometimes you need to do. Mm. With the way he was playing, did you feel like you were a chance pretty much every ball? Oh, for me, I did. I, I thought it's a matter of time here, just keep bowling your best ball. keep. Um, but then, yeah, unfortunately, none went to hand. Yeah, I thought every ball Lino bowled, it was going to be six or out, basically. And I just thought no one can hit Gaz that consistently. Like I just thought for sure he was going to get out at some time and he rode his luck. Even a couple of the shanks where he got hardly any of the bat, mm. we thought, oh, there we go. And he just somehow carried over the rope by a metre. Um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't ideal. Okay. The tactics came under fire a little bit after the game and it was captured in the, the test doco. Um, was there confusion on the field at that point? Tim Payne seems to say in the, um, in the doco that the plans were clear, but, you know, about bringing the field in, keeping it back. Were those plans clear on the field at that time? Yeah, for, for Tim and myself, and, and Tim's up there with the best captain I've ever played under, and he's definitely up there with the best keeper I've ever bowled to. So our, our plans... We're totally fine. I know the exact moment you're what you're talking about is a in the doco. Yeah, yeah. a moment that I bowled the Stokes and he just worked, hits me in a square leg and has one. But then I've, I'm confident that I can get Jack Leach out if I bowl my best ball. But that didn't go. So the clear the plans were clear in my at my end. Um, did did I probably rush through a couple a couple of little little balls here and there? Yeah, yeah, I probably did, but. What can you do? Mm. So that crazy reverse sweep shot thing left England needing 50 to win. I know you're talking about how the plans were in place out there, but was there any panic? I was going to say, I think like if you've got 100 runs to play with, it's a, it's an easy decision to have the field up and you know, it doesn't matter if he hits a boundary too as long as you've got Leach on strike. But when it's only you know 10 good shots away, you can't really do that forever. So... It's one of those hard ones where you want to get Leach on strike, but you can't really sacrifice too many runs. So I, I remember being a little bit nervous, but I still thought, to be honest, I, I thought if they batted really sensibly and didn't hit any balls in the air, they were more of a chance of getting it. As soon as you try to hit sixes and stuff, I thought, we're, gonna, we're in the game here. We're going to get a wicket. Well, he continued playing those obscene shots because he plays this scoop lap thing off you. Scooped again, scooped fine, scooped four, four, or has it gone all the way? It's gone all the way. Same question, I guess, to Nathan. Was it one of the better shots that's been played against you? Yeah, it was. I, I actually had a feeling at the top of my mark that he was going to play that shot. Um, and then I kind of thought, oh, I feel like he's going to play that shot. Do I try something else? 
And I thought, you know what, if I bowl my best ball and he, and he hits it, fair play to him because it's a wicket-taking you know, option. And uh, yeah, I bowled it and he looked like he played it really easily. <laughs> and I remember thinking the next ball, I hope he tries something different because <laughs> that looked pretty easy. But um, it, was, it was one of those things where, like, I've never played a test match where someone's taking the game on like that in the last, you know, nine down to win a game. But it seems like it happens all the time in one day cricket and T20. I just remember at times just thinking, this is a test match. Like, this isn't a one day game or a T20. So it kind of felt normal in terms of, I've been in that position before where a batter's just on a heater. But it was weird that I was like, this is an Ashes test match. It's, um, yeah, it was just strange. So with a pull shot, through wide long on Stokes brings up his hundred. So ball drag leg side, drag to the boundary. Hundred for Ben Stokes. What a summer he's having. What a cricketer he is. He doesn't celebrate. Did you guys notice out there that he was just focused, ready to go on with what's going on, or were you guys just worried about what you guys were doing? No, I know. I noticed that, and I thought, shit, he's on. He's uh, he's, he's logged on here. So. Uh, it's going to be a challenge, but then you then you, you forget about that. You, I always acknowledge someone who's who scored a hundred against us. Um, so that, but then you then then you just at the top of your mark, you you're trying to make sure that your plans are clear and that you want to execute the way the ball that you want to do. Stokes then takes down Hazelwood for 19 and over. Pat, you're brought back on with England leading 17 to win, and you almost get him. In the air, big cry of catch, third man comes in, doesn't carry, doesn't carry. He's all the way back on the fence, a third man as well, thick edge, looking for that six down the ground that I was talking about. In he comes, dives forward, and oh, he got to it. He got his right hand to it as well, Marcus Harris. Harris puts down the catch, coming in from third man. Did you think that might be your last chance? Yep. Yep, I did. Um... Because he played so well at that point. It was the one shot where he didn't keep his head and he's just trying to... Was that a plan? Was it a different delivery? It's always a bowler makes... The batter that makes a mistake. It was never the bowler that did something well. Yeah. No worries, Sam. Um, well, what, well, what was it then? Defend well, well, yourself. Pat. Yeah, it was a, it was a wide half track right <laughs> <laughs> the edge. Um, yeah, he was just hitting the ball so cleanly, wasn't he? So um, that was just an opportunity that... I don't think we'd had one for 30, 40 runs, so... It was just one of those ones where you thought, oh, you know, if you call that, that's that's the ashes over. You know, they're back back in our hands. So, what can you do? And he had it too. He got there and it bobbled, got into his right hand. He talks about it on the test, Harris, and it just bobbled out. It's yeah, one of those, one of those things. Isn't and, it? and at that stage, I was striking it probably ten runs and over. See, like we've probably only got ten more balls or something till they're going to overtake us here. So, yeah, it's hard. He rubs salt on the wounds, then Stokes, he hits the next two balls for four, which makes it a very tight situation. So last ball, the over, Jack Leach is on strike. You fire in a, a Yorker, pitches just outside leg stump, big appeal, give and not out. You and Tim Payne come together and then Payne reviews it. Got a review, they're going to use the review. Take us through the conversation. Yeah, Payne just said, you know, what do you think? We obviously had a big appeal. I was 99% sure it wasn't. Didn't pitch in line. Um, I just know my angle, unless I'm swinging the ball, it's, there's no chance it's going to basically pitch online. I could tell where it was. So, yeah, I think I gave it the, nah, like, 
def- definitely didn't pitch in line or, you know, definitely didn't hit it. What do you think of line? I was like, like almost certain it didn't pitch in line. Um, but you never quite trust yourself because your head's down. It all happens really quickly. And, yeah, what they need, like 10 runs at that stage or something. Yeah. So it's – you got Stokes back on strike. Leach is your, your chance. Imagine what would happen if we didn't review that and it ended up being out, you know. So – yeah, it was it, hindsight wasn't a great call. Um, had a time again, would have just let it go. But I think it's one of those ones where it's like, well, we're walking down the other end. Might as well review it as we walk down because the game's just about over. Nate, where, where was your head at that moment? Do you give, did you think Australia still had a chance? Uh, yeah, I, I backed myself to um, create a chance. Um, when Stokes was trying to hit me for six every ball, I thought he's going to miss hit one, um, surely. So, but. And it works out in the end. We did have a decent chance. Yeah. So that burned Australia's final review. England needing eight to win. Nathan, you're on bowling. Going that over, what was the plan? Same as it was before? Bowl your best ball. I was just telling myself, bowl my best ball. You got the fielders there. If if he shanks, it's, it, it's out. And when you say best ball, are you picturing him playing forward, nicking a delivery, or are you picking a, a, a ball that's going to fizz, spin outside, out, out of the rough? Uh, big. For me, bowling to two Stokes, it's it's in that situation. It's coming away from a step hit, um, and and that means he's he's going to try and have to swing through through it and hopefully hit on top of the bounce, and which will hopefully sky it. But um, I was I was just saying, bowl your best ball and enjoy the occasion as much as you can, and and. Were you actually saying enjoy the occasion? Well, in my head I was, but it wasn't on the (laughs) outside. I find that hard to believe. (laughs) Two dot balls start the over. Could you sense the big shot coming? Yeah, 100%. 100%. He hits me over mid-off at six, doesn't he? It's down the ground. Mid-off is there. It's long enough. It's six. Yeah, third ball hits it straight. Just clears the field of Marnus Labashain at long off. Did you think he had enough when he hit that shot? No, I thought I was out. Straight away? Yeah, off the bat I thought I was out. Um, but it cleared the rope, so it's not out. Still, there were two runs to win, right? It wasn't over yet. Next ball, cut for no run, and then this. Ready. They sweep, they run, non-snikers in! Could be a run out! Oh, he's fumbled! He's fumbled! Lion has fumbled! Paddy, you feel the ball off Stakes' reverse sweep. Did you know that Leach had taken off? Uh, not really. I, I remember he, he hit it quite hard. So my first thing was don't misfield this and that's game over. <laughs> so I went down and, and I just remember it sitting my hands perfectly, which doesn't often happen. So, um, And then I look up and I heard everyone shouting at Gaz's end. So I, yeah, threw it. Um, and then kind of after I'd thrown it, I looked up and I saw... Leach was down the other end, but um, it wasn't the best throw. It was it was a little tentative half arm, half volley to Gaz. So I that's kind of the thing that I was that night going, geez, if I just threw a better stump, a better throw over the stumps, might have been something different. <laughs> and Nate, you get back to the stumps. Is there anything you put the fumble down to? Uh, yeah, it actually hit the sprinkler head. <laughs> in the middle of the wicket, <laughs> 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 and just kicked off. Nah, it was simply just just the throw was there. Um, Pat Sanders not the bat, not the best throw, but it, it was it was there for me to take, and I just took me off with the ball. When you when you look back at it, 
Um, the thing is, we may all make mistakes, so the big difference is that 25 million people or more were watching my mistake over and over and over. So, um, yeah, it wasn't pleasing. I, I thought then um, you've just cost cost us a game, but then I knew I had another ball and I knew I had another chance to 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 win the game. And I, I, in my head, I had to go... Okay, you got to go from villain to hero in in three point two seconds here. Um, you got no other choice. Bowl your best board and bowl to get him out. Hit the stumps because that's going to be your best way to get him out. He's cleared the rope every other time. So bowl bowl your best ball. Hit hit the stumps and I did that. Next ball, Stakes goes the conventional sweep misses. Probably the biggest appeal of your life gets turned down by umpire Joel Wilson and no reviews left. <laughs> you guys can't send oh. it upstairs. How are you then, Nath? Can you? Oh. I've, I've never appealed so much to end up on my back <laughs> on, in the middle of the wicket. I, I could not believe it. Oh, now, now everyone looks. They needed that review. They needed that review. Don't use up your review. 357 for nine. Did this look plumb? Yeah. It just looked completely dead. Because you got him in Lord sweeping, right? Remember, he's yeah. tried to paddle one. And I've got him a couple of times that before that, and I just remember that just in my head saying, "That's dead. That's dead." And Joel just stood there like a statue. He, and he, whether he panicked or or whatnot, I, I, I haven't seen Joel since. And um, he didn't get a Christmas card this year so, <laughs> or last year. <laughs> When did you know that it was three reds? Did they show it on the big screen? No, nah, they didn't show it on the big screen, but um, oh, I didn't know until after, after the game because it happened pretty quick. I walked off and I had my head in the shirt and screamed my head off before Paddy bowled that last ball. Well, it wasn't over yet. There was still some more game to go. Um, Pat, you've got six balls at Leach now, so all mm. this talk about getting... Fielders in and out, you finally got the number 11 for an over. What was your plan bowling to him? Uh, from memory, again, I'll, I'll keep coming back to I'm not Starkey. I can't bowl a 150-kilometre Yorker that swings late. So um, I felt like if I bowled full and straight, it was actually probably the easiest ball to, to defend um, and, and probably the hardest ball to keep him on strike. So I think our plan was to bowl shorter than him. And have men around the, you know, around the bat. He's going to have to play it. He's got to get his gloves up. Hopefully, something happens. It kicks up. You know, gets a glove, and and also should keep him on strike. Um, unfortunately, I can't remember if it was ball one or two, but it, yeah, he got off strike. It was more of the ribs rather than you know short. It needed to be a bit shorter, um, and then he scrambled through for a run. Yes, is yes, the call. They'll sneak one. Scores are level. Was it a similar plan to Stokes? Uh, no, I kind of thought the game was over once Stokes was on. Um, and, and much the same, actually. I thought if I bowled straight, he's not going to get out because it's it's just not doing anything and it's slow. So I actually thought I'd bowl wide and that would – didn't matter if he hit me for four or one. Um, so I thought if I bowled wide away from his body, probably similar to the one that got caught at third man, I thought – you never know, he might nick one if it's totally wide. So I bowled a half-tracker wide and he smacked it for four and game over. Cut away! Cut away for four! 
What an innings, what a player. But saying that, I think we've played in the best, one of the best test matches to ever be played. So that's one positive out of it. And the other one, you've got to actually take your hat off and say, well, well played, Ben Stokes. Yep, absolutely. That was probably in the top five test matches of all time. So you play, but there has to be a, a losing team, unfortunately, in these situations. And you guys played that role. What about the dressing room after that? I mean, the, again, we go back to the test on Amazon Prime. That does such a great job of capturing those moments immediately after the game. And you guys have been through some difficult times in Australian cricket, some big defeats. But in terms of the flatter dressing rooms, is that one of the flattest you've been in? Uh, I, I, I left the change room. I, I went and sat in some the fire exit. I think it was. Um, so I just I just needed to get away and just had had a towel over my head for the next half an hour, I guess. So yeah, it was pretty hard personally after after that game. That was probably the the hardest and that I've been hit by by on on a losing cricket cricket game. Um, so yeah, it was personally it was pretty tough. And Paddy, you just looked exhausted. Yeah, I remember being pretty cooked. Um, just put everything into it, obviously. Um, but yeah, everyone reacts slightly differently. Um, I think everyone sits there pretty quietly for a while, just looking, just thinking back to things that they could have done slightly differently. Um, you know, what if I did this? Or And that's probably what plays over your head. And, and knowing how close we were to retaining the Ashes, and that's what we've been building up for, for for literally three or four years. So knowing how close we got and just feeling like it got stolen away from us um, was as hard as anything. But, yeah, everyone reacted differently. And, you know, I think you know, I, I remember Matty Wade. I thought he was great in that, that stage. I remember him walking around and cranked open a beer and he goes, Six months ago, I was in a building site in freezing cold Hobart trying to, um, you know, do some roofing. So, world's not ended, you know, could be a lot worse. Um, and yeah, it's it's kind of a, it, it's a time where you need everyone in the team to rally around. And, um, yeah, after taking a bit of time to our, ourselves that, that night and stuff, um, from then on, I thought we were brilliant. Tim Payne in the doco shows that he speaks really well that um, you know, accepting the hurt, taking it on board, but then focusing on winning the next two tests and trusting the process. Because, I mean, it, it, you're one wicket away from retaining the Ashes after three test matches. Now, we can't play the audio because Tim uses some colourful language. But uh, what did that message do for you guys from your captain? Uh, I, I think Tim Payne has been absolutely exceptional since, since taking over the captaincy. I think that that period that it, where everyone saw it on, on Amazon... Um, it's just a little snippet of, of of the way Tim goes about it. I, I think Tim was absolutely incredible, especially that day. Um, and I know even being being the villain of dropping that run out um, and making a mistake, he, he just made, within myself, made me feel better. As I was still hurting. I was, I was going to hurt for a couple of days. Or, or more, but I know after hearing Payne and Payne sent me a couple of messages and and so did like Smithy and stuff. So you, you get those messages and you go, well, you know what, we're still in this and we we, we can still go out there and re- retain if if not win the Ashes. So um, there's no point in sitting in your room sulking. As, as Paddy said, the well, the war's not ending. We're very lucky that we we just play a game game of cricket and. Um, and we get the travel world doing it in, in high pressure environment. So it's 
pretty good. So, yeah, pretty happy with where the way painting led us that day. How about the next morning? How about the next morning? What did you guys make of sitting through watching that, that last hour again? Uh, I remember waking up and seeing a message being like, yep, team walk at 9am or something. And I just remember thinking, come on, seriously, like give the boys a morning off, like let the boys sleep in, have time to themselves, go and spend time with their partner or do whatever they want. And I just remember being grumpy <laughs> going downstairs the next morning. Um, and then when Jail told us that we had to watch the game back, I thought, oh, come on. Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is ridiculous. But it was actually it was actually great. I'm so glad we did it. I mean, that's basically the only time I've watched a replay. And if we didn't watch it then, I still probably wouldn't have watched it to this day. So um, I remember leaving – well, going through the footage, it was really hard for, you know, 20 minutes. Once we'd done, I actually felt a lot better about us – thinking my mindset turned from oh, all these things that we stuffed up and could have done differently my mindset kind of turned to geez Ben Stokes had a day out what a great game to be part of and um you know what we we actually didn't bowl that badly we we our plans for the most part were pretty good and we executed pretty well um he just had a day out and if we did that same formula hundred times I reckon we're winning 99 times out of a hundred so um, I, I felt a little bit easy to let go after after that meeting yeah hundred percent and looking at that now looking at the Australian test team where in my eyes is the closest team that I've ever been a part of in Australian setup and I think that has has a lot to do with it as well being able to sit there and have difficult but awkward conversations um, and as Pat said it, it makes you makes it easier for you to, to move on and learn and get better. So it's one of these things. And, and then I had a message on on, on the phone from, from Steve Orr saying, oh, you don't know how lucky you are. You're going to make tens of thousands of dollars going around doing guest speaking all around England after dropping that run out. So <laughs> and Lino <laughs> loves his cash, so that's, and well, that's don't, don't, Let's not talk about cash. <laughs> <laughs> there always is an upside to silver There's always an upside. To these things. Um, but... Did you think at any point that night, the next morning, that your chance of retaining Ashes had gone? That was it? Even though, even with two tests to play that you might have missed it? Oh, I thought we were the better team um, and, and that didn't waver really the whole the whole campaign but I, I thought they've got some momentum now and, um, you know, Stokes had fired. I, I'd still, someone like Joe Root, worried that he's going to fire at some, some stage. Um, yeah, I thought they looked so close to being defeated a couple of times that this might just be their little pep up. No, I, I, I felt like they, they probably had momentum going into Manchester, but then we knew that we had Smithy coming back and as we spoke about um, before is that a lot of England players, I get the feeling they don't like bowling to, to Smithy at all. So you, you look at it like that and knew that we're going to have our best barrier, the best barrier in the world coming back. Um, and we're, our bowling unit is probably the best in the world in my eyes. So we knew that if we have really good training prep, prepare the way that we normally do, try and forget as much as you can off leads, uh, but make sure that we learn from it. And if we learn from it, then we'll be okay and, and we'll go on to um, retain them. I remember one line uh, from Ben Stokes at the end of that test match, the Leeds test match, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, 
it counts for nothing, that knock, if we don't win in Manchester. Perfect. Counted for nothing then. (laughs) End of story. (laughs) Next. Stop tagging me on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So with that being said, was the win in Manchester all the more sweeter? Did the emotions overflow even more so because of what you went through at Henningley? 100%. 100%. And Lords, like I thought we were close in Lords and frustrated. But then you look at the Oval as well. I I think we, we, we messed up the Oval and we could have, but... Going back to Manchester, I think that that feeling inside that chain room out in the field when Josh hit Big Craig on on the shin, I thought that was an absolutely exciting, memorable moment for the rest of your life. Because that that was dark. I felt like we were ten minutes away from being caught off, and, and having you know a game that we dominated ending in a draw. But didn't you won then but the fourth test and Craig. retain the Ashes? But that's that's next week's episode. We talked to. Captain Tim Payne about uh, the Manchester Test. But before you go, just a couple last little questions. What was your favourite on-field moment of the series? Josh hitting Big Craig on the shin after Paddy knocked over uh, off Joe Root that night. Um, oh, I'll mainly because he's sitting right next to me here. But I'm going to say day day five at Edgebaston, um, first Test of the series. Series has been talked up forever. Edge Baston's been there, fortress, and yeah, just all clicked. That and we're one nil up in the series. I just remember that was as pumped as I've been in a long time. How about your favourite off the field moment? Manus running home. Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Running home from Lords, following the bus, but then he didn't want to run past the bus, so he just stopped. And waited <laughs> for the bus to go on. The best part was he had these awful sleeves on. Like running sleeves. He's running. I don't know why he needs sleeves running. Wearing a singlet. Wearing a singlet. <laughs> <laughs> and he saw that the bus was in front of him. So he stopped and we were all watching him and he took off his sleeves and put them in his pocket and then <laughs> ran past the bus. <laughs> oh, he's a rare unit. Uh, what about mementos? Did you guys take any mementos from the series, bales or towels or anything like that? Did you guys take anything back from England with you? I've got a little urn that uh, my parents got and bought me in at Lords or somewhere. I think. Uh, so I've got that. I don't know. Didn't I think, can't remember. Didn't take a stump or anything. Didn't take any uh, anything like that. I might do. I'm, I'm hopeless of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, didn't I've, take a fifers and didn't take a ball. I've got a ball. Yeah, the first test. Isn't it amazing? Uh, you, you took twenty nine wickets and didn't take a fifer. Yeah, let's try and spread it out. <laughs> <laughs> let's wrap it up now. <laughs> We've just got one last question, then we will wrap it up. When you look back on the whole series, was it mission accomplished or unfinished business? No, I can accomplished. To be honest, I th- accomplished with with the bit that's unfinished. To you look at the Australian teams that have gone over to England and haven't been able to retain or win the Ashes, and I'm talking the likes of Ponting and Clark and these guys, for for us to go over as a pretty young cricket size and retain it, like that that's a big one. But there, there, there is a burning light inside me to go over there and, and to win the Ashes after retaining it because I don't I think it would be. One hell of a party once once we do that. Yeah, pretty similar. I thought no, really good series, good result, but yeah, I didn't really feel like it was mission accomplished. Um, I remember even asking 
once we won that Manchester, and maybe this is just me being totally naive, but I was like, oh, like, do we celebrate the series or like, what do we do? Because we couldn't, we'd retain the Ashes, but I didn't feel like we'd, like we still had the oval to play um, to win the series. So, yeah, I, it was it was a really satisfying feeling, but finishing the oval test at tour, I felt just that little bit empty. I thought, okay, well, we haven't hit the pinnacle over here yet. Pinnacle will be when we come over and we and we win the series. Right, that's it. Wasn't that hard, was it, guys? I won't sleep tonight. So. <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched the footage since? Have you watched that once the next morning? Have you watched it again? No, I've watched the the Amazon yep. test docker. Yeah. That's just about Pat and Jay all in it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, you, you know, and every day you get tagged on an Instagram so you can watch the highlights then. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've I'll blocked, send some through if you want. I've blocked all them. I'll send it through later, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be good. Well, that's it for part four. Next week, part five, the Manchester Test with Captain Tim Payne. We will catch you then.